Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to What a Load of Cobblers, Friday Night Lights. I'm Tom Reed, and tonight on the eve of Cobblers Clash with Accrington Stanley. Who are they exactly? It's Andy Bodfish, Martin Maloney, Ian Brandt and Brendan Walsh. How are you doing, guys? You all right? All yeah, good. not bad, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah all good. Good to be here, Tom. Good stuff. We'll go to Andy first. I saw he tweeted on Twitter a brilliant photo of him on the Copacabana Beach with a nice big Caparina drink. They must have been glory days for you, Andy. Uh, different world, mate. Pre-COVID times, travel, yeah. planes, um, human contact and touch. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was Rio 2016. Um, you know, a splendid few weeks. Hard work. Um, you got the odd morning off, and that's why you know you can have the odd caperina. Did you get to see the people play? You know, the beach football because that always seems to me like just a brilliant spectacle. Uh, yeah, there was all sorts going on: beach volleyball, beach um, beach handball, um, keepy up is. And, uh, you know, one or two other distractions as well, walking down the copper cabana. <laughs> I bet, mate. <laughs> so, yeah, different times and hopefully you can get back to those sort of events soon. And um, what's been your football moment of the week, Andy? Because you often keep your ear to the ground. Yes, yeah, sort of off the pitch. It has to be Greg Clark's appearance in front of the Commons, uh, you know, select committee the other day. Um, just a bit of a car crash, really. Um, I mean, it's quite an interesting one, really, because... Um, I don't think uh, I'm going to sit here and argue that the man is a racist. Um, But we've kind of come through that now. And uh, the reaction to what he said proves that language matters. And, um, you know, leadership matters. Uh, You set the tone at the top of an organisation. And it's all very well to, oh, I didn't mean that. And if I said it, I apologise. But... You know, the way you conduct yourself via language um, sets the tone. And um, I think he had to go. And it's probably a good thing because you can't really have someone uh, in charge of the FA who, um, who who sort of thinks along those lines, really. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good point. And it's not just the... The language he used, and that's obviously abhorrent, and he deserved to go for that. But remember, there was the Project Big Picture, where, whereby he was allegedly one of the authors of it and put in trying to put B teams back in the football league. So there's been a litany of, let's just call it problems to be kind recently. And it yeah, just makes I me mean, wonder... I, I, I would, I would even say that. I mean, sort of. Um, 
I mean, I, I would probably even challenge the, the, the word abhorrent, you know, use of language, just just dreadfully, dreadfully uh, misguided. Um, I mean, it wasn't just the one thing. It, it just spiralled. Um, so, you know, you go from sort of uh, BAME people, you know, use of the word coloured, and then it's, you know, girls are big girls' blouses, basically, and don't like having the ball kicked hard at them. And, um, you know, sort of being gay is a lifestyle choice and it kind of spiralled and it was kind of like, oh, no, oh, no, again. Oh, no. And, um, you know, the position's basically untenable at the end of the day. Cheers for that one, Andy. That was a really good one. Um, How's it going, Martin? Is uh, Are you mourning the end of the baseball season still? Are you missing swinging those, all those baseball bats you've got in your car? <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. I've got a couple of calls this week just... um kind of getting things ducks in a row for what we're going to do next year in the east of england um baseball league um so yeah yeah we're, we're ne- never too off duty but certainly it's i mean even if we weren't locked out it's not the weather for playing um so yeah we'll we'll keep keep things going i think baseball is going to be a, a real growth sport in england i just think um especially in northampton i like it. just going along for the afternoon maybe take a couple of beers i think it'd be a really nice thing to do so looking forward to coming down when it restarts um let's go back to football uh one true love <laughs> have you been uh looking at the world of football and found a football moment of the week martin yes ab- absolutely if i could just say and what andy's just said absolutely brilliant and i think there's a thing before i give share mine which is nowhere near as important um often white people get really offended about when we talk about racism i think but when you talk about institutional racism and that kind of unintentional racism which is a real experience that black and minority people have this was just a, a proper example of it no one who has any black friends or colleagues or understands um, what it's like to be black will refer to people as coloured nobody who's got gay friends will refer to people refer to it as a lifestyle choice hell i love my gay pop i'll be down that boston clipper pissed out of my skull <laughs> with with a couple of mates having a laugh that's a lifestyle choice. The fact that I fancy girls or I fancy boys, that's yeah. kind of more inherent. So I think it's, you have got people who are out of touch. It is a bit of the old FA, old farts thing, kind of writ large. And um, yeah. yeah, good good riddance, frankly. You know, people are, if you're not attuned to the modern world, you're not much use leading football. Anyway, yeah. rant aside, rant aside, my moment kind of lasted a few days because of the FA Cup first round. It's okay. a painful thing, and you know, obviously yourself, Brendan, and I talked about it with uh, Josh from Oxford City the other night. Bloody hell, did that not feel like you know we haven't got fans there, but that's some of the best bits of football is non-league clubs knocking out league clubs, crazy games like a six-five between um, Torquay and Crawley. It hurt like hell to to lose to Oxford City, but. Bloody hell, the FA Cup is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And speaking to the Oxford City guy from the other day, you can just really see the romance of it. And as we said, it just showed that there is a, a hell of a lot of good football going on down in non-league, non-league South. Oxford played better football than us, didn't they? Didn't they? And that was the main point. They weren't, It wasn't a smashing grab rate. They played us off the pitch, really. Oh, they absolutely did. They absolutely did. Yeah, so, yeah, it's nice to see... There is still some magic in the FA Cup and it's just a bit of an antidote to the league, which 
can be a little bit pedestrian. So um, it's a shame we're not in it anymore. But I always say Cobbler's mastermind subject should be concentrating on the league because <laughs> that's what we've done for so long. We should. I think we know the league inside out. The amount of time we concentrated on it, but yeah, that's a very good one, Martin. Um, let's move on to Ian, who's uh, been glued to the USA election all week, haven't you, Ian? Yeah. Well, you know, I've dipped in and out of it. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Would you reckon what Cobblers player do you reckon would make the best US president then? Um, going on sort of recent news, I'd say any of our defenders because unlike Trump, they always concede. <laughs> that's, that's a very good one yeah I can, they can yeah they can see very easily and very willingly <laughs> so Ian apart from the USA election which you've been done you've been watching uh, to a high level analyst uh, level obviously um, what is your football moment of the week do you know it's funny because you guys have, I had two choices and one was um one was um, Greg Clark's resignation, so, <laughs> and the other one was the first round of the FA Cup. So, I love my thoughts on both. I think you know a bit like the Project Big Picture meetings. I think maybe Greg Clark went to a you know um, equal opportunities seminar, but left at a key moment, didn't he? Just like Project Big Picture <laughs> claims to have left. Oh, sorry, yeah, I missed that bit when they were when Liverpool and. Um, Man U were going to try and take over like all of English football. <laughs> I, I, I just slipped out. I, I left. And I think he probably did the same for like the uh, equal ops, um, the, the bit about, you know, what words you're allowed to use in like 21st century life. Um, first round of the cup as well. Yeah, loved it. I, lo- I, lo- I just like looking at the old ground, the, the non-league grounds. I am... Um, I, I love seeing like, uh, we said it last time, I think, I love seeing like just these little grounds and People walking around in the background, big trees by the side of the pitch, yeah. like seeing people's houses, just like I don't know. And it shows kind of how much of a part of the, the community these small clubs are, because you know they're a bit like, um, a bit like you know the county ground used to be, isn't it? Right by where all the fans live. You know, you've got you've got a football ground next door which you can walk to. You know, yeah. um, and, I, and and it just goes to show. But you know, like Oxford City, they. They've been around longer than the cobblers. They're his, um, you know, they that they were around before us. A lot of these clubs, and they've got the old school nicknames as well, haven't they? A lot of these clubs, because you know, of the the industry in the um in the towns that where they're they're based. So you know, they've got a bit like um, was it Kevin you had on last week from the um, Price of Football podcast, yeah. wasn't it? You know, a bit like he was saying, you know the. These clubs, they are, they've been around forever. They've been parts of their community forever. And yeah, it might only be 500 people that, that go and watch them or whatever, or even less. But to, to those people, it means just as much to them as, as, as the big clubs do. So absolutely couldn't agree more with, um, with what Martin was saying. Yeah, yeah. I think um, when they're talking about Project Big Picture, um, and we, we're, I'm speaking to Andy um whole about this is that a couple of teams are trying to you know mold football in the check they think it is but there's so many clubs in the english football you go down the foot the football league through non-league and everyone as kevin said last week is important as the next so you know you can't just say dulwich hamlet as martin goes to watch isn't as important as liverpool just because liverpool have got more fans you know it's about about the importance in people's hearts isn't it and it's about what football clubs mean to communities um so yeah it's just nice to have the fa cup back going back to non-league um nicknames the best one's got to be the beavers 
of Hampton and Richmond. They're called the Beavers, so uh, we'll say no more on that one. <laughs> Let's bring in uh, Brendan Walsh now, who I noticed actually on Twitter has bought an, yet another nice cobbler stuff, haven't you, Brendan? You're a bit of a collector, aren't you? Yeah, I managed to find one that I didn't have, and I'd, I'd already I had a, I think I had a voucher to that website, so it cost me all of three pound forty nine, um, wow. and was delivered uh, fairly prompt with with coronavirus and everything going on. So yeah. Is there a cobbler's one that you've got really got your eye on, but you've never been able to get hold of? Do you know, I think a, a few people have seen it on that uh, Twitter account now, that blue and yellow one. That was the that was the one that I always wanted. I'd only ever seen one in person um, in the West End once. And I, I had to say to the guy, like, that is beautiful. Like, I'd, I'd never seen one. Um, and yeah. it came up on eBay not long ago. And it was like, um, it was like an empty savings moment. I had to say to, to my uh, girlfriend, like, I'm really sorry. Uh, but that's that's where my savings are going this month because I, I just hadn't even seen one for sale so yeah, I've got my uh, I think like any of the kind of the carpet super center the the Costain Homes ones you know they're they're quite rare and they don't come up too often so that'll be that'll be next on on the list but I'm happy for the moment with what I've got you see yeah, this is where I get re, re, I mean we've never met Brendan but this is where I sort of see silently uh, superior uh, knowledge of that whole sort of rabbit hole world because yeah we're talking about that blue and yellow one which i think mm. tom did, didn't you say you you had that actually back in i had the day, it as a so. child and i just you know as you when you're a child you don't really care about much of stuff so i just threw it away one year uh, it wouldn't fit me now obviously but it was just it would have been a, definitely. but i just i i go back to being a jealous 10 year old when i see those photos and so i saw that photo that you put up must have been Tom liked it on Twitter or something. And I'm immediately like, you barges, I don't even know you. So I want that. Yeah. Oh, can I? How can I? I'm just, you know, fair play for seeking uh, it out. Uh, well. Thank ma- you very ma- much. Major kit envy there. The yellow and blue one I had as a kid, I remember mm. wearing it. I was just in town or somewhere. It was in, I was in a sports shop. Do you remember in those days there were sports shops like Astral Sports and different like smaller companies? I remember I was in a sports shop. And there was an older cobblers fan that noticed it. He could not believe that a kid supported cobblers. He was like, you're a kid and you support cobblers. He was like, <laughs> could not get his head around like a young kid when everyone else supported Liverpool or whoever, Spurs. Or... There's, there's a lot of companies now that do like reprints of old classic shirts from, you know, Italian 90s and, and even like, you it's know. It's not the same now. though, is it? It's not the same. But <sighs> if you said to me for 30 quid, I could have, you know, a, let's say one of the Costain home shirts really rare beauty but it's a beautiful looking shirt as well if you yeah. said you know you're gonna have to drop a couple hundred quid on that if you said you know just a, a it's a, a good quality reprint and and they know that they're reprints but it still looks cool for 30 40 quid i reckon a lot of cobbers fans or a lot of lower league fans if you did it for like really big famous shirts in their kind of history i reckon a lot of people would, would buy it i've just got a made some listening to this a lot of money because they're gonna go and go and like I, pursue that idea Brendan, right? i think the um Brendan, i think the club are actually looking at that i've spoken to them about in the past about really? it, so watch this space it's, it's i said to be fair though i spoke to them about a year ago so i don't know what's <laughs> yeah. happened since but they know that they know there's a market there for them so Brendan, what's your football moment of the week mate so uh, I was going to go for one of the FA Cup upsets. And then I was like, I imagine someone else was going to go for one of these beautiful moments. Um, and our up- cup set kind of upset me too much to, to pick that. So I've actually gone for, I don't know if anyone else has picked up on the story, but um, the Croatian captain, Vida, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his first name. I think it's da- Damagoj or Damago, Damago Vida. 
played the first half of Croatia in their friendly against Turkey, I think last night, and was subbed at half time because he got his coronavirus test back at half time and he was positive. So he played the whole first half of the game positive for coronavirus. They found out at half time and subbed him up. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I did even, you know, and then finished the game. The game finished 3 3. It looked like it was a, a real, a real humdinger. But it's like, there's a lot of, you know, what are we doing with pointless international friendlies or, or the UEFA Nations League or whatever when the yeah. schedule's so crazy because of Corona and you're asking people to travel and stay in these bubbles, excuse me, in the middle of a global pandemic. So, yeah, that was my kind, that was my moment just for kind of sheer, that is so 2020 and I have yeah. no idea how that, that, that can happen, you know. Um, I definitely I've, I've been trying to find out more about it or, or an interview from him but no one's really come out and said too much at the moment because I think everyone's kind of embarrassed it was allowed to happen Andy that must be a, a bit of a record really someone going off at half time because of a, a pandemic or a you know potential illness it's, yeah I did see that and it's um, I mean Brendan just said it it's the perfect sort of vignette isn't it for mm. the the odd times stroke batshit times in which in which we live um, but yeah, that 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 will be a that will be an answer, won't it, to a quiz that'll question? Be a, that'll be um, a quiz question, won't it? Who who is who managed to get subbed for being COVID positive? And, and there's in, the the in, a, in, in in the Zoom pub quiz of, in, of a, in a Zoom pub quiz in the future. Right then, we're very pleased to be joined by the chairman of Saturday's opponents, Accrington Stanley, Andy Holt, a guy who's been doing his best over the past few years to try and map out a more functional future for EFL clubs. How's it going, Andy? Are you okay? Yeah, very good. Very good. We've, uh, we've had an up and down start, but uh, things are good. Yeah, it's just nice to look forward to each game as they come because you know full well that you've you know, have had a few problems with COVID-19, games being cancelled and stuff, and the game v Northampton on Saturday should be a good one, shouldn't it? A good competitive game. I'd hope so, I'd hope so. We've had a couple of cup matches uh, uh, to get ourselves back going after the long, long layoff, we missed four games, uh, and then we feel like we're building, we're building back up ahead of steam. We, we thought we were doing well before COVID, and uh, hopefully we, we're coming back and uh, we can give you a fair game. Yeah, that's what we look we look forward to. I love those competitive games. You know, just let the best team win. Um, let's talk about things. You know, bigger, bigger pictures in football. Project big picture, guard grown. Um. You know, it's it's a, it's a very sort of perilous time for football, and I think football is on a knife edge and it's at a crossroads. Um, you know, what is your your feelings at the the minute as to the lay of the land for EFL clubs such as Stanley with regards, you know, the the lockout of fans and um, Project Big Picture? Well, they're two separate issues. The lockout yeah. of fans is uh, is, a, is a disaster. You know, and, and not not necessarily a financial disaster or it does have financial impact uh, it's a disaster because you kind of lose the point of playing you know I'm going to matches behind yeah. closed doors and uh, you know I can't do it I'm coming down to Northampton uh, and, and uh, it's just no fun you know it's just like it's just yeah. you know cheering on your own it's kind of like watching a, a great movie on your own and trying to explain to somebody else how, you know what it was like you don't get it on our follow, you don't get it on TV, you, you get it in the atmosphere with the crowd. So really disappointed, I can't wait till our guys come back. Yeah, it just seems that without fans, as you say, 
the the spirit of the the game is lost. And the longer it goes on, it does worry me that our fans going to come back in the same numbers as they were before. I think it will be, you know, when fans eventually come back. I think there will be have to be a building, a building sort of period where fans sort of are attracted back. And the longer they're kept away, I just worry that they're going to find other things to do on the weekends. Do you know what I mean? It's, it is concerning. Well, look, people, do, people do get out of habits. Yeah. You know, if it goes on long enough, they get out of habits and uh, into into different habits. Mm. Uh, and there's no doubt in that. Plus, plus, you know, a lot of our fans uh, are getting older, and uh, you know, they'll they'll still have some concerns you know, for a while yet. So even if they invited fans back in January, unless they were sure that uh, the virus wasn't a threat, then, then, you know, some of them might be more reluctant to, to get back at it. So there's no doubt we've got a big rebuilding job after this. Is the ramifications and repercussions from COVID are going to go on for years in football. Yeah, that seems to be the case. Um, in terms of Project Big Picture and plans being cooked up behind the scenes, that will impact on what game we actually come back to when fans are actually allowed in. And it is it's a concerning time when Project Big Picture is leaked. It's not even, you know, produced in a in a, in a normal official way. And then we've got the whole fallout of uh, Greg Clark, the FA chairman, you know, allegedly being involved in, in cooking up Project Big Picture and being involved in its various uh, various drafts. Like, how do you feel as a, an EFL manager looking after you know your community in terms of its football remit and stuff to see Project Big Picture leaked and then all of its contents, whereby you know you know EFL owners and and fans etc. Are, are sort of you know last to be consulted. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's usually the case. I mean, the the the, the slant that people putting on it now is that it's been a deliberate, it was done deliberately to get Premier League to the table and uh, change financial distribution. And and you know that's patently not the case. The, the fact is that behind the scenes in football, there are always things going on. As, as clubs start to uh, effectively get themselves in a better position relative to the peers, and that's always going on. What, what what disappointed me was the, the fact that it was instigated by uh, the FA. Uh, you know, no, no, no matter what they say, my, my argument is that if it was for the genuine, in the genuine interests of the game and of fans, and you know, they could have done it open. They could have just said, "Look, we're looking at a new, a new, complete new structure for football. It'll see lower league clubs uh, better financially placed. It'll see." Uh, there'll be some give and take, and uh, and, it, and it could, there's no reason why it couldn't be public that they were having discussions. Yeah. Uh, when it's done behind closed doors, you're going to be suspicious, and, and this will worse than that because you know a few clubs are working behind the backs of the rest of Premier League, and we're never going to get off the project big picture. That's why I couldn't, you know, I didn't back it, and I couldn't back it because it was a nonsense proposal. So, so I, I was disappointed with it, particularly disappointed with FA. Yeah, you know the slogan is for all the yeah, FN and uh, certainly didn't feel it was for me or or Accrington in 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 how their original proposals went out and the fact that they're still talking about beatings behind the scenes shocks me because it just doesn't have public support. Yeah, you know it, it just it's got a few supporters in Premier League, but it has no widespread support in UK. Not a chance. Yeah. So so I don't I don't see why it's ever on table. Uh, People see to me, you know, a lot of our supporters say to me, you know, they'll, they'll get it in one day, they keep bringing it back, they'll buy it in, and I keep saying they won't get it in. 
but you can see why it just carry keeps this suspicion going. Yeah, you know, it just keeps keeps all the fans believing. They're forever trying to uh, ruin, you know, our clubs and, and our, our bit of the pyramid. Yeah, but my concern now is that, as is the old tactic, and we talked about it, is that something is produced that's so horrendous and shocks you know the football world so much that a second plan is put forward with quite a few contentious you know features in it and then people go well it could have been you know it could have been worse we didn't accept project big picture but let's let this one slide and i think that richard masters the premier league ceo has said that basically the premier league is carrying out its own strategic review but it might fit in some ways into into project big picture so are you concerned that there might be some problematic proposals still to come Listen, I've never known the Premier League to do anything that doesn't suit the Premier League. Mm. Uh, and, and the timing, you know, we, we, we clubs are particularly weak here. Uh, and, and the timing of this big picture push, for me, was, was uh, shocking. should never have been played like this. We, we were promised a bailout back in June. And that's one of the reasons we started the season. So we were promised a bailout. We still haven't got it yet. I believe one's not not far off now. Is, is what I'm hearing into from a, only from a rumor point of view. But uh, you know, you know, the timing were bad. Uh, it was deliberately t- timed to to go at clubs when they were particularly weak. And if another, they're on about having a not necessarily project big big picture too, but a new strategic plan by March when when clubs are still weak. Mm. Uh, you know, for some clubs it's. Did your club go bust? Did he accept it? And that's the problem. You know, you, you, you're not strong, and that's why you need somebody independent. That's why you need an FA to, to you know, to, to go through the proposals and, uh, and and make sure and protect clubs that can't protect themselves. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. What do you? What would you like to happen now in a ideal world? Obviously, the ideal world doesn't exist, but how? What would you see? Uh, you know, a reasonable way through it now. Do you think that there needs to be an absolute full and transparent um, Premier League strategic review and show the actual real reasons behind change? Because a lot of the things are actually, for me, slightly tenuous, like the need to get rid of the, the charity shield and stuff like that in Project Big Picture. Do you think it's time now that the, the FA uh, Premier League has to be completely transparent about any big changes to football? Well, I mean, I think it could be. You know, I don't see why it can't why it can't be uh, completely transparent. I don't see why they can't say, look, this is what we want to achieve. We understand where you lot are. Yeah. We understand parachutes are a problem. We want to deal with this. There's things we need out of it. We don't want to uh, cost you a lot of fans by introducing B teams. You know, that's a non-starter. And, and have a negotiation. And, uh, you know, I fully accept that uh, Premier League wants to improve its product as it goes along, and so do we. And there's, there's, a, there's an happy medium in it all where, where we can go forward. Yeah, you know, but it can't be done behind, in, you know, behind closed doors. Because when you do it behind closed doors, you lose trust, and, and people, people, you know, you, when it comes, you, you're automatically suspicious. You know, like the old game solution that Sean Harvey came on with. You know, you, you that, that would have put, you know, as I said to Sean Harvey at the time, you know, you just set it down to the Premier League too. You know, there'd been five divisions then, and we'd been. Uh, uh, five leagues of twenty. Yeah. So, so it should be it should be open, and uh, you know we should, we should all have the same aim. The Premier League said they they got no interest in damaging the pyramid. Yeah. So let's let's just talk about it. Let let everybody get involved.
Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, let's move on to sort of happier, happier um, conversations. It's a bit easier. Yeah, of course we do. Of course we do. Um, I noticed that your brilliant shirt scheme has has rolled on to a new year, and you've given out a, a whole huge number of Aquintan Stanley shirts to kids in your local borough, haven't you? And it's been really successful again. Yeah, we we, we have done that. And it's it's the best thing we do. You know, it's uh, you know, when I, when I joined the club in two thousand fifteen, uh, what the problems were the town didn't identify with the club. You know, the club didn't interact with the town. It, it was kind of like a niche little club. Yeah. Uh, yep. And we we've tried to take it back to community and uh, you know say look, Accrington Stanley's here. It, it can do good things for everybody in the town. Uh, the community trust acts for probably around twenty thousand, you know, unique people now a year interacting in the town. It's fantastic, and uh, you know, we were a great little club. And watching them kids, you know, that you know, wearing the new shirts and jumping up and down happy. Yeah, it just feels like we're doing the right thing. It feels like we're, uh, uh, you know, we're saying, look, we don't expect you to suddenly turn up. But we're here and we want to show you that it's, you know, we're worth supporting and so are you. Yeah. So it's, it's fabulous. Honestly, it's a great day. It's a pity we couldn't have the day uh, when because of COVID. We have to do it with schools, but it's it's best thing we do. I'd, I'd advise every club to do it. And it's not that expensive because, you know, when you do good things, you find other people want to help. We had people, well, I had people rigging up saying, well, I want to contribute some cash to uh, the shirt giveaway. Yeah. But sponsors come on board. So, so. You know, probably two thirds of cost is covered by others now. People that just want to, you know, they want to do great things for the for kids in town, and they want to feel, you know, like the food banks and everything else. People, especially in times of COVID, they want to feel like they're doing a bit, a bit to help. And it's fantastic. It's uh, really cheers me up. I bet it you does. Know, I think it's to the people around. I bet you that you know when you can give give a shirt to a kid, kids appreciate small gestures like that, and it makes a big change to their day. I bet. But it, Brings a real smile to kids' faces as well. Oh, it does. I never had an Adidas shirt when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. we, we, you know, no, not many did. They were expensive, and uh, you know, we were a working class area, and, uh, and not many did. And you know, I look at cost of these shirts, uh, and it's a lot to ask some parents around here to be paying thirty and forty quid for a shirt when the kids are growing up, and you know, they've had it five minutes, and it's too small. So. Mm. so we we wanted to really uh, make an impact. It makes a massive impact as well. I get people coming up to me uh, in, in the ground saying, look, ever since you you gave my daughter that shirt, it's cost me 200 quid in season tickets and uh, weekends. <laughs> so so the, the, there is benefits for a club, but it's, it's a feel-good benefit of we're all in it together in Accrington. You know, we have a fantastic club on it. Uh, I, I love the people. It's it's just a great, great uh, northern town. It's fantastic. Let's move on to you know football, football talk a little bit. Stuff on the pitch. Your season's been stop start due to you had a bit of a COVID outbreak for a while, didn't you? At the football club is that is that better now? Hopefully. <laughs> I, think we, I think we changed the national statistics. So how many had COVID outbreaks? Really? It went they went through the club like wildfire. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, and half of it says, you know, maybe that's for the better it's done with now. You know, keep stopping and starting. You know, if you're going to get it, they'd rather all 
all, all the all the club gets it. Yeah. And, uh, provided they come out well, which which fortunately they have. So so that's behind as well as full of games. We, we were on a good roll. You know, we felt like we were playing really well. Uh, we, we 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 lost four games and we've got to catch them up. But but I've been watching table. And, yeah. Uh, you know, not playing four games and still being somewhere mid-table, I think it's a fantastic result. And uh, hopefully we can uh, get in there and do a job on, on Northampton. I know you won't like me saying that, but hopefully <laughs> we can get something out again. Yeah, um, Keith... And, uh, Keith Carroll was a little, slightly a bit under pressure. We had a bit of a run, a run of bad form. We lost against Oxford City in the FA Cup, but this is a sort of game where he'll no doubt have our lads up, bang up for it. I actually noticed that you, if you'd win all your of your four outstanding games, you'd be, I think, in second place. So there's there's a climb up the table for you if you can, you know, put a run a form together. How are you? Are you still? Obviously, you're a big big fan and you know really supportive of your manager, John Coleman. He's been how long has he been at the club for now? Oh, I don't know. Long time. 20, 20 years, 20 odd years. We broke his fallet bit. We, he went off to Rashdale and Sligo. He's been to 20 years now, 21 years or something like that. Might be 22. That's amazing. I've been there forever, anyway. Pretty un- unheard of in this day and age, isn't it, to have a manager that's been associated with a football club for so long? And a, a nice thing, actually, continuity. Well, it is continuity. And, and apart from that, I get on. You know, we're, we're, we're mates now. So, uh, you know, Johnny, Jim. Uh, and, and John Doolan, they're they're, uh, they're 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 a really close punch. They do a great job, and we get on really well. You know, and, it, and it's based on respect. Yeah. I don't uh, I don't take the Mickey out to John, and he don't take the Mickey out to me, and uh, we have a laugh and get on with it and do the best we can with the resources we've got. I'm I'm fully accepting that he's not got the biggest budget. They talk about salary cap, we're nowhere near salary cap. In fact, our budget isn't even half the salary cap. Wow. Wow. In terms of budget, though, one thing we have is a great spirit, and that is worth big money. Yeah, you know, I think so, so um, we don't a, have in cash, we have a spirit. A player that encapsulates that is an ex Cobblers player, Mark Hughes. We talked to him a little bit about him before. I'm surprised he's still going at that level because he had a great pedigree, came through Everton's ranks. But what a great pro, eh? He is, he is a good lad. I've been having too long. Most well, on Saturday, on way down to your place. Yeah. Uh, He's done a degree. He's, uh, you know, he's working on his career after football, but he's never been as fit. Mm. I look at him now; he's like a racing stake. I've never seen him as 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 trim in all his years. He seems to be just getting fitter and, and stronger. So, yeah, I'm not sure he was that fit when he was at Cobblers. Maybe he's uh, leaned up a bit at your pace. Maybe you've got him uh, running a few more laps. But he's got a good, very good football head on him, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, he has it, but he's, he's, he's putting it. He's putting the effort into to keep his career going as long as he possibly can. He's a model professional for me. Yeah, you know, it mean everything means a lot to him. And, yeah, but like I said, we we have a great squad. We we do have a great squad. We have a great crack, and uh, yeah. Uh, I'm hoping we're singing on bus on way back. I might even buy a, a burger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, we can, if we can get a social distance burger from Burger Bar. I'm hoping it's a very solemn, a very solemn uh, drive home because we need the points. But we'll see how it goes. Let's. Uh, do you do predictions uh, or not, Andy? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm saying two one tools. Okay, that's. Um, yeah, it's a difficult one. I would, you know, one of these games where I'd probably take a draw. I've, I know that you could potentially be higher at the league and maybe in a slightly false position. So we're struggling for a little bit of form. So I'll take, I'll take a one-all draw and try and nullify you 
as much as we can. But um, listen, thanks for talking to me. And let's catch up, you know, maybe in the next few months when all this stuff comes out of the wash properly and we can really sort of work out where Accrington Stanley lies in clubs like Northampton. But thanks for talking to me and we'll speak again soon. Take it easy, Tom. Nice to talk to you. Cheers, mate. Let's move on now to our cobblers A to Z. We're on to letter I now. I'm just sort of looking forward to the day when we actually do the Wayne Williams W one, but dreading letter Z. But we're in the safe zone of letter I at the moment. Um, we've had a lot sent in as usual. It's been a really good feature for us. But let's go to you first, Andy. What's your cobbler's A to Z letter I? Well, no real surprise here because um, sort of all roads lead back to Ian Atkins for me. Um, great time to be following the club. Um, great time to be sort of going down and, and speaking to the players in, um, in in the old job I had with good old North Fans TV. And um, he was just great to us and lovely and um, responsible for some fantastic moments in the history of the club, really. Um, just a special time, that, and a very nice man. So it has to be Mr. Ian Atkins for me. I've got him on WhatsApp because I obviously through doing the interview I'll tell him his phone number or whatever and he's got a picture of him on WhatsApp and, and Gary Thompson told me this as well that he's the sort of guy that just he's a quite a lucky guy in terms of you know, the roles he gets so he was I think he was head European scout for Wolves or someone he's done some really good scouting jobs and his WhatsApp is him on some tropical beach somewhere <laughs> and he's just got a bright beaming smile and he's like I haven't done badly and he, when we were interviewing him, he was telling me, and you'll you'll find this inter- interesting, and you can probably come off this, you know, when we finish talking and look at it. I think he's got a website somewhere. You can find it, and it's about his scouting, you know, prowess. And I'm sure on it, he says that he discovered people like Mario Manducic and loads of other players. Um, who's a striker for Bayern Munich with Pole? Um, what's his name? Lewandowski. Yeah, he's he scored that crazy goal, didn't he, in the Champions Lewin- League final a few years. Robert Lewandowski? Yeah, yeah, Lewandowski. I'm okay. sure Ian Atkins suggests that he scouted him first. And he <laughs> so if you look at his website, he apparently he scouted players worth about three hundred and fifty million pounds. So I think Cobblers did let him go too soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's good, but he's no David Seal. I've just actually had a look, breaking news, I've had a look at Ian Atkins' website. I'll probably put it on Twitter. And, uh, <laughs> this is, this, so good, isn't it? <laughs> this is great, right? He's put his key achievements. It's actually on sportscareeragency.com. Yeah. So he's just, you know, it's a bit of a CV. And this is what he's he, he, he reckons he did. Or whoever went to the website, it might not be Ian. But apparently Ian Atkins, and you might check out this, um, Andy, because of your knowledge of European football. Well, I have Googled him over the last few months of lockdown, but I've never come across this. Apparently, he, Ian Atkins, identified and recommended a young Ivan Rakitic, Mario Manducic and Robert Lewandowski, who are all available for a combined £2 million. Sunderland elected not to proceed, but all three eventually became stars in their own right, commanding fees of £100 million plus. Now, oh, See, do, you know, do you know what's odd about that is I, there are so many managers, Lewandowski in particular... It, like Sam Allardyce tells the same story, doesn't he? There's that there's that story that Sam Allardyce had him. He was about to fly to sign for I want to say Blackburn, and then the, that that volcano erupted and the ash went all into the sky and the, all the flights got grounded and the deadline passed. So it's like that. How many people was, was Lewandowski just literally skulking around <laughs> Northern England just trying to trying to find a deal? I don't know, like ten odd years ago. My other favourite bit here is it says he. 
coached and mentored Stefan de Vrij in all aspects of his game, tactically, physically, mentally, since December 2013 in preparation for the 2014 World Cup in Brazil, in which he was voted the best defender of the tournament. Also advised Stefan de Vrij on his move from final to Lazio in 2014 and then Tim to Milan in 2018. And he continues to analyse every game he plays at present. Right, Stefan de Vrij is quite a, like, you know, he's a world famous professional footballer. How on earth has he come into contact with Fabian Atkins? Where, where's the link there? Like, where's the mutual friend? And why does then Stefan de Vrij, who's got multiple caps for Holland, why is he going, oh, I could listen to to all these like great Dutch players, you know, Ronald Koeman, coach of my team, but I'm going to listen to Ian Atkins. That I've just really liked that. that well, I think it's idea. actually true because if you, I'm, I'm a bit, I think I'm a bit sad when I looked at this when I was interviewing him. I'm sure if you if you go now and Google it, I'm sure there's a photo of them two together. So it makes me wonder oh, if all of this is true. That maybe I'd he actually. To meet, I'd love to know how they met and. Yeah. That's what I'd ask him. Not even there's a bit identified and recommended Frankie De Jong. Usman Dembele and Milan Skriniar for Everton, who were available for small fees and the club not, opted not to proceed. And then they excelled at Ajax Barcelona and Inter. <sighs> Whoever's written it is clearly very salty about it. So I have a <laughs> feeling that he's he's um, he's had some input here. But... but you know, Ian Atkins, the worst thing would be, wouldn't it, Andy, that he will still be, despite, if this is all true, that he actually did... Uh, recommend it. even Rakitic, Mario Manducic and Robert Lewandowski and they didn't actually sign for £2 million. He'll, he'll be even more annoyed about David Seale's lack of lack of effort. I've just got this vision of him on that t- tropical beach with his shades on and a cocktail but still bitching because he can't get the Wi-Fi to watch, you know. Yeah, Paul and, and then the yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, do, you do wonder because obviously um you know, there's inherent bias in when something's been written from a Homer point of view. How many players he's recommended over the years, yeah. and he's pulled out these good ones. It's like that, uh, that Ali Slow, I'm telling it, you, yeah, to get him signed. <laughs> I, I, mean, I was right about Dembele and De Vrij and all these, but yeah. <laughs> you said you said that he still wants to help the club and everything. He's identifying, you know, World Cup finalists and Champions League winners. For two million to Sunderland, identify him to us. We'll take the pun. I don't want to watch <laughs> Kevin Lacassen and Boris Mathis anymore as, as like big punts. I could do with a Manzuki. Let's face it: if the club were stupid enough to sack a guy who can find those three brilliant football players for two million pounds, it's just more <laughs> more four cobblers, you know. Could have been oh so different. Could have been European champions. Yeah. Typical small, short-sighted cobblers, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, let's go to some of the tweeters and listeners' suggestions. Uh, we always get some really good ones, so thanks everyone for sending them in. Um, Ian Wickens uh, from Chunk Design runs a graphic design company, which I recommend if you're after that sort of thing. Um, he has gone for Isel McLeod, a double I, oh, two I's, uh, Isel McLeod and Ishmael de Montagnac, de Mon- can't even say it, Ishmael right. de Montagnac. <laughs> Who I just remember for that terrible foul because we got sent off. Mate, you remember that one? We got red card. Awful tackle. Yeah. Oh, he was, was a... I mean, Demontiac, I I had a soft spot for him because it was the best memory out of Demontiac was when Walsall won 2 0 at, at Sixfields and he picked the ball up in his own half, went past everyone and scored it like Maradona esque. Yeah. And they released him and he came, he came in at the same time as. Oh, 
Alex, uh, oh, forward, scored a few at the start, got a terrible broken leg. Alex Nichols. Alex, Alex Nichols. Nichols. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the, pair, the pair of them came in and he'd either not be bothered or he would be diving in or fighting. There was a game against, I think, Accrington, or uh, maybe Morecambe, so I often mix the, t- mix the two up for whatever reason, at home at least, um, where he went at it with their um, their fullback, um, the, God, I'm terrible names, like the ex-Bolton fullback, uh, tall, really tall lad that played, played for them. But you had Clive Platt and Bayouac in Fenwa, who two of the biggest, strongest guys playing for us. Add to Paul, he's got and somehow Demoniak is trying trying to punch this guy, and Bayo's pulled him away, and Platt's got the other lad away. But it was just like he was an absolute nightmare. But in the meantime, he scored. I think he scored one wonderful free kick against Morecambe in a three 0 win on a um, on Tuesday night. It was a bit of a nutter as well. So you need that personality. Maybe he took it slightly too far. Um, Ali, uh, 1973 Talbot, has gone for Ikechi Anya, another player with skill, absolutely rapid, and turned into a Scotland international. Does anyone remember him playing for Cobblers? I think it was just a, a short-term thing. Yeah, what didn't he come through Glen Hoddle's like um, soccer school thing for players who hadn't made it, and he taught, re- rehabilitate their career, and he yeah. and he helped him out. He did, didn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, he scored a couple for us, didn't he? he was, you could see he had a bit of um, he had a bit of quality in him, didn't he? Yeah. yeah I think, did he go to what? I think he had that little spell with us and apparently then there was going to be a big fee to, to sign right. him in that academy. I think he ended up yeah. at Watford. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and then he's he, at Derby yeah. at, the, at the moment. I think he, he, he probably made his best best of his career at Watford but I, I I mean I had to pull him up here to remind myself where he left where he went to after us because I remember he kind of was came to us from non-league and everything he, he went out to Celta to Granada Cadiz so he had a little jaunt in you know in Spain I think he made yeah. a career of himself you know and his one of the teams he played for before Northampton apparently was Oxford City so they probably should have had him on BT Sport the other night as having a foot in both camps it would have been better than the commentary we did get um but yeah, what a player! Sure, and he's one of those players you never, you knew he had a little bit of class about him, but you never really thought he'd go on to have like an international career playing for Scotland and stuff, and been quite mm. as good as he was. So, yeah, that's a really good one from Ali, nineteen seventy-three, tall. But uh, Cobblers Brazil, going back to Andy's stomping ground, we've actually got a Cobblers fan in Brazil. I'm not sure if it's someone just having a laugh that lives in Brixworth or something, but uh, <laughs> have you seen? <laughs> he's been the doing it for a while, so he's actually well. dedicated. <laughs> Do you think he's real, Brendan? I think so, yeah. I mean, well, I, I do international marketing. That's my job. So I work with a lot of, we get like fan accounts for artists who like, you know, and, and they're really good marketing tools. So I did, yeah. sometimes you do occasionally get the local labels and they set them up like fake to encourage other local fans. Like, oh, they must be really big here because they've got these fan accounts. And it is always like Turkey, Brazil, Argentina, obviously, and loads of countries like that. So I've, I've always thought... Is there someone in the club who's been tasked with make a fake fan account to make to so we can like kick off in Brazil and like maybe sign some Brazilian players and sell some gonna, shirts down there? I don't know. Gonna have to butt butt in here because on on that point, um, there's an account called Tain in Turkish. Yeah, that's the other one I was on about. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> and because back in the day, again, you know, during the dark days of lockdown, I just lob a silly 
sort of quiz question out on Twitter, like what what was this match from back in the day? And you know, somebody would get it right, and I just post back to them a, a picture of sort of Jim Bowen in a speedboat, you know, j- just just for the crack, you know. Um, and so this guy Tane in Turkish replied, and I, you know, I buzzed him a picture of Jim Bowen. Uh, got really paranoid because he's saying I actually thought it was Ian or Martin to be quite honest just having a <laughs> serious I'm not just saying that seriously because sometimes I get paranoid online and he's kind of excuse me sir I do not understand this picture <laughs> so I found myself sort of having a bit of a to and fro on Twitter explaining the sort of um explaining <laughs> bullseye <laughs> you know what, it was so if weird I, if I if only he could have gone on Bullseye, because he would have actually had some use for that speedboat, unlike the actual contestants who lived in Bullsall yeah. and, and other places. Speedboat in the new finish. kitchen. Yeah. So, Tony in Turkish is either some guy in, you know, in Northampton somewhere, or it's literally some guy we're, 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 we're slating to an extent, actually in Turkey, in Istanbul somewhere, thinking, why don't they I believe think I've, I've, I've seen him post, like, like I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm in Turkey, I'm watching this from Turkey sort of thing, I can so I think it's genuine, but I whilst having this little conversation, I thought I can actually see Ian texting Martin, going, he's gone for it like on uh, they have it when, whenever you get like the FA Cup third round draw and then there's like you know a, th- a league two side like us last year and it'll be like Notts County and then then they'll be like oh and this guy's traveled from Bangladesh and he's like he's part <laughs> of a family that they all support Notts County because you know a player went to go play in the Malaysian league and dropped a shirt outside the house 30 years ago there is always like I kind of love that like weird romance of it like yeah, it'd be nice to be in Liverpool and Man United's position where they've got fan clubs and, you know, they can sell out 100,000 seats in, in you know, S- Southeast Asia and these countries and stuff. But I kind of like the idea that there's like three blokes in Turkey that are, that are like listening to this and they're like, I they never got to see Ishmael Depontanyak, de but, I you know, he sounds great. I really like that <laughs> idea that there's just a, a very select few there that kind of understand understand what we're going through do you know what I mean and and like yeah. a trip to six fields in our like three and a half sided stadium in a, in a hill with a with a yeah. tip next to it is is like you know a mecca like a <laughs> pilgrimage to them that kind of makes me feel really good yeah cheers guys I, I just hope yeah let's let's just say that they're both real and you hope they're real so I'm probably real to the end something I'm just going back to the original point that we've just diverged <laughs> Diverted from, but yeah, obviously in, in Sampson's a massive name, and it goes without saying. Uh, Caroline Cook also said in Sampson. Um, go through a couple of them quickly because we've been chatting for a while. Um, Keith B has gone for investigations, which say no more. Police investigations still ongoing into the Sixfield saga. Jefferson Lake has gone for Ian McParland, so that goes back to the dark days of the county ground, doesn't it, guys? Anyone remember him? I think he was a striker, was he, Ian McParland? We've had a lot of Ians, haven't we, at the club? Yeah, do you remember Ian McParland, Martin? Yes, yeah, I remember McParland. He was um been at Notts County for years. Um, signed signed for us, I think under Theo Foley. Um, probably not a particular particularly good. Well, like most things under Foley, not a particularly good spell. <laughs> um, got sent off at Wrexham is the thing I I've got stuck in my head, where he booted the wall so hard as he walked back to the um dressing room. Apparently. He booted like a brick out of it or something, which is properly like, I mean, 
Wrexham ground was beaten up back then, and I'm, I'm sure it's no better now, although they have got some exciting new ownership. But yeah, I, that's my, my solitary reminder. I can't remember how many goals he got for us. I remember he scoring against us a lot for for the Magpies. But um, The angry Scottishman that kicks holes in walls, you know, we should sign more players like that. You know, like that. We've got one from uh, Deborah Marshall, actually, which is a really good one, and another really good name. Yeah, so Deborah went for Godfrey Ingram, and she says it is the best loaning, loan signing we've ever had. I will brook no argument on that. And Deborah watched Cobblers for a long time, so I'm going to take that, you know, take that as ver- verbatim. But when you look at, I'll let Andy do it as well if he's got time, to look at Godfrey Ingram's career. He came from Luton Town, and he's the, the teams he's played for, oh my God, he played for New York Cosmos before he played for Northampton Town. Wow. So, you know, what a, what a, what a name to drop in. He was a you know a black guy back in the 80s, you know, so probably one of our first black players. And after he left Northampton, this will, you know, be music to Andy's ears. I'll go through some of the teams he played for. San Jose Earthquakes, <laughs> Golden Bay Earthquakes, indoor, so an indoor team, <laughs> Minnesota Strikers, the Tacoma Stars, indoor, the St. Louis Steamers. So he had a real big indoor career. And then he came back and... I like like how he's going between indoor and outdoor like he can't make his mind up. (laughs) Like he can't hold. So unless it's the uh, Colorado Caribous, mate, you know, you can um, (laughs) stick it with that tassel kit. (laughs) I see a lot of that indoor stuff that I vaguely remember in the late... in the 80s watching at like three in the morning on my black and white TV in in my room as a kid. Was it got the arena foot? Oh, might not be arena foot. There was something they played in America, which was like sort of six aside indoors. But I love the fact that I'm on his Wikipedia page. I guess we all are. Yeah. Five foot seven. So yeah, kind of probably more suited to um indoor football than a six foot one lump like like me playing veterans football still. But I love that he's played for all these American teams, indoors, outdoors, East Coast, West Coast. Um, Midwest, everywhere, come back, and effectively, as far as Wikipedia appearances come for, he's played one game for Peterborough and said, "Oh, sod that," and I kind of like that. There's <laughs> <laughs> someone's done all these things of football. They've been with the old, you know, up the A605, and he's thought, oh, "These webbed feet, six fingers, can't get on with this. I'll quit." <laughs> the most unfootballer name ever. As well, isn't Godfrey. It? What a great, great well, it name. sounds like the club chaplain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 1923. If you read out, I'll read out just some of the stuff from Wikipedia, and it's just amazing. It's just like the, the intrigue going on in this time. So he played in the Nasal, which is a very strange acronym, isn't it? So he played in the Nasal North American Soccer League, I think it was. And it said the Nasal collapsed after the 1984 season, and Ingram signed with the Las Vegas Americans of the Mizzle. God knows what that was. When the Americans folded, folded at the end of the season, coach Don Popovich, what a name, probably one of Ian Atkins's spines, uh, along with several <laughs> Las Vegas players, including Ingram, moved to Pittsburgh Spirit. So these are quite far distances he's travelling. The Spirit folded, of course, at the end of the season, and the Tacoma Stars picked up his contract in July 1986. He began the 1987-98 season with the Stars, but demanded to be traded after seeing a reduction in playing time. On the 4th of December, 1987, this is when Cobblers were doing great in League uh, Division 4, the Stars sent him on to the St. Louis Steamers in exchange for Charlie Fowlson and $20,000. This is brilliant. Someone should make a film out of this guy's career. Right. Uh, there is another eye, and I can't believe we haven't uh, mentioned the bloke with just 
the keys to the secrets of the universe. David Icke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not so, so much what, to what relationship did he have with Cobble, David <laughs> yeah. Icke? He played there. Did, did he? he play Hereford against us? Or was it Cov? I think it was Coventry, wasn't it? Yeah, youth career at Coventry, senior career Hereford. Yeah, I don't. So, I don't think we we never would have played Cov when he was there. I don't think because they lost the in the first division. So I think he must have played for Hereford. Interestingly enough, when I, I as a couple of you know, I did my knee quite badly um, in August playing cricket. The team I went away with. Um, we were joking as a couple of us that are like lefty liberals and um, a few Tories. And it got, as ever, over a few beers and a cricket tour, gets to arguing politics. And I think I made some joke about conspiracy theorists and David Icke. And then one of them was like, one of the Tories, like, he sort of almost takes a breath and said, yeah. Well, when his brother played here, he weren't too bad, but he was a bit mad as well. And it's like, shit, <laughs> I've been <laughs> playing for a team that David Icke's brother played for. Wow. But even the Tories were a bowler. Ike also played for Oxford United reserve team and Northampton Town on loan from Coventry. Oh, uh, right. I knew, because I, I, I did sort of half-heartedly delve into that uh, at wow. some point. But there, there's, no, uh, there's no more sort of reliable record than, that, than, you know, a line at the bottom of his... One of his Wikipedia paragraphs, you know. But I, yeah, I but think he did, he, did, he did play for the town, maybe just the reserve. Then it says he was earning up to £33 a week. So maybe yes. that's the real, the real conspiracy theory. <laughs> Someone was willing to take that. It says here occupation conspiracy theorist as well. I didn't know that that was, that was a, <laughs> an occupation, like a, a job. You so know, you like, put on your tax return. Yeah, like you know, when you're trying to get a phone contract and they ask you if you're employed. Now, I'm self, self-employed conspiracy theorist. I think we all are. <laughs> well, but, to be um, fair, to be fair to him, if he'd have, if I mean, oh, I, oh, I hate the bloke, but it's like if, if he'd have thought I'll just stick at doing sports night, his career would have been snookered. At least he kind of got ahead of the curve with the internet being invented and people believing any old bollocks. Yeah, we need to look into this though because what, um, David Icke playing for Cobblers is quite a big story. Really. So we'll, that's we'll... now going to be my holy grail for my football shirt collection is to get the year that he oh. was the David Icke. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be in that Frank Grand book, which I haven't got to yeah, have. Yeah, I've got that. Yeah. I, I've, I've read have it. Have a look at like season 68, 69 or something. Right then, guys, let's wrap up. We've been talking for quite a while now. I'm going to go off and rue. Robert Lewandowski never getting to play with Chris Freeso, not from the problems. You guys take care and we'll speak again soon. Thanks so much, mate. Cheers. Cheers, take everybody. Easy, guys. Cheers, guys. See, See you later. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.